Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, and I am the Dream Business Coach. I have a fantastic interview. This one might be the winner for the longest distance. My special guest, Nika Anani, is calling in from Nigeria, and I'm really excited when her um, information crossed my desk. I said, wow, this is someone who's very accomplished, and I'd love to talk with her. Let me briefly tell you about her. She's a speaker, author. She's a consultant to Next Gens that seek to lead their family business. She helps Next Gens rise above operations into a non-executive board role with credibility so that they're able to lead and formulate a plan to future-proof the business, becoming more effective, becoming more effective change agents. Uh, Nika refuses, or fuses, excuse me, fuses her inside experience as a next-gen executive in her family's enterprise as a chartered accountant and as a family business advisor to bring practical, proven solutions to the table. Nika, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Yeah. What time is it in Nigeria as you and I are doing this? It's 3.06 p.m. Oh, okay. It's uh, yeah. 9 a.m. here. So that's that's quite a So I'm actually talking to you in the future, I guess. Um, <laughs> that always freaks me out when I think like that. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. So you're, you're obviously into family business. And a lot of times I'll start with a question like, are you a first generation entrepreneur? Or did you have parents or grandparents kind of give you lead the way or be a role model. But I guess in a family business, I'm guessing you've had some role models, right? For sure. I mean, I'm a second generation entrepreneur. So um, my father um, started a number of our family businesses and I worked closely with him for over a decade in in our family businesses. So family businesses is like in my blood. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm also a co-founder, a first generation in some in some capacity, in a couple of businesses as well. So, I just love entrepreneurial life. I love I love you know creating um, and adding value to um, customers and helping them through you know um, products and services. Nika, do you remember when your dad started the business? Were you were you born? Were you young? Or do you remember those early days? I was the inspiration taking all the credit. <laughs> so <laughs> I can listen to you. That's I was, great. I was the first. Um, uh -huh. My dad and mum were 25 and 26 when they had me. They were okay. a young doctor and a young teacher. And out here, um, you can have, you know, very professional jobs. But unfortunately, the salaries are usually not enough to sustain your cost of living. And so when mom and dad had me um, three months into my young life, my dad decided to start a side hustle to supplement his income. And three years into that, um, that became the main hustle. He, he um, stopped practicing medicine. And here we are 33 years flash forward and it's a large enterprise 
with about a thousand members of staff, a construction company is the main family business. Wow. So he was a doctor? He was a doctor for like a minute. <laughs> I don't go to him for medical advice. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's yeah. a little tough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you so you've really seen I mean, you've seen the early days, you've seen struggle. I'm not sure if they shared their tears and fears, but I oh, mean, yeah. that's that's the story for so many people starting out. So you got to see all of that. And despite witnessing those challenges, you 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 jumped in with both feet into the entrepreneurial swimming pool, as they say. Yeah, well, I mean, I was very young when they started it. So it was just always this back feature of my life. My mom wasn't very active in the business. And my mm -hmm. dad was always away, just away on business. And because um, he was supplying medical consumables um, to teaching hospitals and hospitals um, and labs across the country. So he would often go for days, you know, um, to negotiate deals and things like that. So um, I didn't really understand, you know, a lot of the struggles and the hard work that went into it. And then right. at age nine, you can probably hear, um, I have a very strong British accent at age nine. My mum, my brothers and I, we moved to the UK and dad stayed behind and ran the business. So it was until I relocated back to Nigeria in 2011, when I started working with him, then I really understood what it took to run a business. And I saw firsthand, you know, the, the sweat, blood and tears. <laughs> yes. Um, so Nika, what is your, what is your bit? I know you, you, so it sounds like you're active in the family business as well, but you have your own venture. Um, if I understand it, helping um, entrepreneurs in family business, or is that just part of it? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I wear several hats. I mean, I'm phased out of operations in the family business. I'm now in a strategic role um, on the board. Um, so my, my work really is to help family businesses cross the generational gap. Um, and I do that by creating bridges between the first generations um, with the second generation in family businesses. So people like myself, um, children of the owners that may come back into the business to and want to take over the business, I help to facilitate that transition. You know, it's interesting that, um, and I, I don't know if it's just unique at this time or I'm aware of it, but I've a couple um, coaching clients of mine are in like multi-generational businesses and they coach um, some larger companies that may have had, oh, you know, the son or the daughter follows in the parents' footsteps. But we're in a time where we have all these different labels, right? I mean, next gen, gen X, gen Y, and, and there's probably three or four others that are not coming into my head right now. But is that is that is that a new phenomenon? Because for mm. some of these people, I mean, I'll, I'll simplify it. I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot of struggles and challenges. But you know, some people don't even re, don't even remember when you had to go to the bank by three o'clock on a Friday and you didn't have a <laughs> cell phone, right? So it's it's interesting with these multi-generational challenges. It, and it's something that's here to stay. So with, you know, rising life expectancies, uh, we're seeing that, you know, the first gens are in the business for longer than they typically would have. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, we might be seeing up to five generations in a family business context working together. And like you said, um, the younger generations, millennials and Gen Zs, have a completely different way of working. Um, they're digitally native. Um, they're more tech savvy and they're more 
passionate about sustainability. So it's really, how can we come together with different generations, bring the best of what we all bring to the table to co-build a legacy enterprise? That's what I, I love to help my clients with. And so when you work with clients, are they, um, are they small companies or large corporations? Um, they're usually um, mid-sized um, brick and mortar kind of traditional construction companies or manufacturing um, companies, things of the like, not usually service-based um, and not typically your like online business. They're your more traditional um, business in a small town. Yeah. Right. So when you're working with your client, let's say it's, um, uh, I, I, I don't know, you could probably tell me like what the average age is of the founder and CEO, and they're dealing with uh, some younger, newer staff members, team members, employees, whatever you want to call them. And, and they are there struggles they have because of the generational differences? And, and do you help them kind of understand each other? Or what exactly do you do? Precisely. So usually um, the founders are average 65 and the next gens are usually in their mid-30s. And the founders, you know, like you were alluding to, started the business from scratch, right? Um, and went through so much struggle um, and have all the experience and the expertise. And because they built the business from scratch, usually find it quite difficult to let go and find it quite difficult to trust that the rising generation have the capacity and capability to really move the business forward do they really do they have what it takes are their skins really in the game are they really committed and then on the other side you've got the next generation like we said you know a younger gen they're more typically um because they were born into wealth they might have seen more of the world been to you know the best of universities colleges and had great experiences and they want to bring you know a bit of the world they've seen into the business and change things a bit and improve things but usually there's a clash um, and usually they'll find that they're not being heard they can't get a word in and they can't make the change that they seek to and really it's it's an issue of communication on the part of the next generation teaching them how to communicate their ideas in a way that they'll be heard. Um, and on the part of the first generation is really helping them to move from being bosses to being mentors. Um, and that transition, you know, takes intentionality. That real, I mean, that takes a huge commitment on the part of the founder to go from uh, founder, boss to, to mentor, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just, I just know some people, well, first of all, I'm 62. So I know a little bit about that age range. Like, well, I'm paying you to do a job. And now you're, now you have to, you have to have a different skill set as a leader in, in, during these times. For sure. For sure. I mean, especially in these very disruptive times, I mean, our world is very different from what it was like 30 years ago. The skills we'll need as business owners to really succeed are very different from what we needed 30 years ago. And there's a huge need for um, business owners to be more collaborative in style and not mm -hmm. be sole custodian of ideas and the sole driver of, you know, direction and things like that. There's a huge need to um, co-create co solutions come to together to the table and bring our diverse like thinking, whether it's the diversity is as a result of our age or diversity is as a result of gender or what have you, and come up with 
new ideas because our world is so disruptive. I mean, 2020, hello. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know. <laughs> and, you know, there's a huge push, especially now for um, sustainability and, you know, ESG and things of the like. And there's a new way of doing business that we're going to have to kind of all adapt towards. You know what I'm fascinated? I, I am kind of fascinated with this whole topic because, you know, it seems to me that some of the change, um, sometimes there's an expression from the top down in business, right? So you mm-hmm. you have to start with, with the founder and kind of work down. But do you also find yourself helping Gen X understand? Does it go just one way? Look, as an owner, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have to work with these people. And do you also work with the team and say, listen, this is <laughs> kind of help see the other side. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I think um, it, there's. I've actually done a lot more work working with the next gens to understand the founders than I've done with the founders to understand. Oh, the next very gens. interesting. Yeah, because I started off my um, consulting practice just working solely with next gens because I'm a next gen myself, so I have deep empathy for them. Um, but you know, through my personal struggle, uh, um, being integrated into the family business and all the many mistakes I made <laughs> on yeah. my personal journey, I was able to kind of guide and steer next gens and, you know, with new styles of, of, of leading. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely not the onus is on the part of just the founders or on the part of the next gen. It's really, we have to meet each other halfway and quite often both sides are right, but it's just, are we listening to each other? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So what is, uh, you know, I know there's a term change creator. What is, how, how do you see that someone being a change creator and how do you specifically facilitate that w- with your uh, practice? Yeah, so um, a change creator really is someone that is able to bring about sustainable change, um, change that will make the family business be future relevant. And it really, I think a lot of conversation in the entrepreneurship realm is stemmed and focused around, you know, skills and technicality and information. Whereas I would actually argue that what makes us more effective change champions, change catalysts is actually, you know, um, what we term as soft skills, which I just really believe are our leadership skills, right? Um, And so a change creator is able to envision what, you know, isn't necessarily apparent to the eye. So they see possibility, um, but they also have believability. So they're able to um, be a champion for a change and people around them will rally to that change and actually believe in them as a potential leader and then actually be able to take that through to impact in terms of um, implementation. And so to be able to do that, I think we need conviction really doing that inner work to understand what is one's life purpose what is the family business purpose and how can we bring that together so they're in alignment um um, i think a change creator also has to have curiosity you know um that learner's mind that's able to push the envelope and able to learn unlearn and relearn and see opportunity um have courage we all need courage to actually take action because it's one thing to envision something in our minds and then it's another thing to actually take action and challenge assumptions and perspectives and try new approaches and then lastly but definitely not the least um, collaboration as we spoke about a little bit earlier is when 
um, a change creator is able to move away from the focus being on self to really the collective um, and able to um, really um, inspire, for instance, the founder to buy into this vision, um, buy into the benefits of this new direction or what have you, and actually move to actually then have commitment with this new um, change. Wow. Um, so I want to ask you this question. It's probably going to sound weird. How did you get so smart? <laughs> I mean, is it was a lot of this through um, the family business? Are, are you professionally trained in this area? Because you really sound like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no such thing as like the school <laughs> of the school of life. Right. Isn't that that's like, right. Um, having a decade of experience as an actual entrepreneur. Like I said, it's not all through tri um, triumphs. It was actually through triumph trials as well. Rather. Yes. Um, it wasn't all through great times. A lot of bad times taught me a lot of lessons. And yes, I'm also professionally trained. So I'm a chartered accountant um, and I'm also a certified family business and family wealth advisor. So we have about three minutes left. I want to squeeze in another question, maybe two, if I could. Um, yeah. So approaching it from the position of the next gen, not from the founder needing to seek change, from the next gen um, perspective, what, what can they do to effectively create change or, I guess, make a more harmon harmonious work environment and, you know, and see opportunity as well? Mm, I think really working on those four C's, like I said, particularly like the inner work, the conviction. Um, there's a lot of, you know, focus in our world on external leadership, but self-leadership, the ability to, um, you know, motivate self to actually envision, know where you're heading towards, know what's important to you, know what your values are, and then align with that is really important because the authenticity of your leadership will really um, permeate and be a source of inspiration to those around you. Um, and like I said, also curiosity, um, having courage and moving away from self and looking to the wider picture what's in it for the founding generation? What would be the benefit to them to, to really go ahead with your, um, whatever initiative you're, you're championing, for instance, more tech. Okay, what's important to the founding generation? It might not be the same thing that's important to you. How can you articulate the benefits of this initiative in a way that they would understand? So it's really about empathy um, and being able to have emotional intelligence to see things from other people's perspectives and meet them where they are. Wow. And then that is, I mean, I can see where that's often uh, working with someone like you. Um, that that's pretty, that's an essential ingredient. Otherwise you just got two people kind of at loggerheads. Right. So um, I want to squeeze in one more question if I could, cause I'm fascinated <laughs> with the, with the interview here. Um, what, without naming any uh, names or companies, but just in, in general, can you talk about a, a real good success story that you've had working with a comp where they brought you in because there was a, a challenge and, and like, what was the outcome? Yeah, it's so, a big question uh, for a short time, but <laughs> do the best you can. <laughs> yeah, um, I've worked with um, a family um, in, in, out in Africa and Ghana. Um, they're also a construction company and there was a disconnect between the older gen and the next gen. And the next gen had lots of great ideas for the future of the business, but was seeing resistance from the older gen. And I helped the family, particularly the next gen, to understand the founding gen's perspective 
And to, you know, what I was saying about if you've got an, an idea, how do you articulate the idea so it's well received by those that are listening? And that's not necessarily speaking in a way that you would want to be spoken to, but speaking in a way that the receiver will receive the best. And so we really worked a lot on communication skills, on leadership presence and things of the like, and help um, the next gen to be able to have that greater impact with the founding gen and equally also spoke to the founding gen to help them see things through the lens of the next gen it's not all easy you know being a next gen living in the shadow of this amazing entrepreneur that's built this amazing business um, a lot of next gens tend to have a lot more imposter syndrome than founding gens um, they tend to be less secure in their abilities their entrepreneurial abilities because they weren't the ones that built this amazing business they just find themselves always thinking can I actually take this business forward if mom and dad passes away and just helping them to see things through the eyes of the next gen and be able to to move away from instinctive leadership um, instinctive um, leadership of the business and taking decisions, entrepreneurial decisions, and trying to then formalize the business and systemize decision making so it's easier for the next gen to understand um, the basis for decisions and we're able to then pass on that experience and that expertise to them. Wow, it's fascinating. And um, I, I guess with Zoom and, and other um, tools, you can work pretty much anywhere, right? Precisely. I love Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. which is a lot easier than getting on airplanes and, and traveling to faraway places. Um, well, what a fascinating interview, uh, Nick. I really appreciate it. How can people connect with you and learn more? I did check out your website. You got some good resources on there. So why don't you share that yeah. information? Yeah, my website is where it's at. It's nikeanani.com. That's N-I-K-E-A-N-A-N-I.com. And if you want to reach out, my email address is there so we can have a conversation. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being my special guest. I, I wish you all, all success. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. This has been so much fun. Great. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with um, Nika Anane. And um, I want to thank her for coming all the way from Nigeria to, to uh, share some information on Dream Business Radio here. If you and I are connected here only on the podcast, you can fix that by going to getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in my mastermind, it's Dream Biz Coaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.